What's up? It is July 24th. We are going to be giving out some t-shirts to people who left reviews. And more importantly, we're going to be talking about trade deadline trades, how we value prospects, how we value guys that are that we're supposedly targeting. That's what we're talking about on this little in-between episode. It's not a series recap. It's its own entity. It's a little. Hopefully it's not that long. That's what we're talking about. Let's talk Yanks. Talking Yanks with old John Boy. John Boy and Jake. Recaps galore and weekly awards. Stat lines, steaming hot takes. Your Yankees news with these two fine dudes. It's time for Talking Yanks. Talking Yanks with old John Boy, John Boy and Jake. Talking Yanks with old John Boy, John Boy and Jake. I'd give myself a 5.1 on that intro. Oh, worse than that. I almost fell asleep. I got the message across. Yeah. So that's why it's above five because I could have started. Don't care. Okay, cool. Yeah, we'll move on. No. How you doing, Jake? I'm good, man. How are you? Happy happy Tuesday. Last from the past day for uh, everyone that listens to our history podcast. That's from the first. All right. So here's how we're doing this. We got two things we're taking care of today. First, reviews. We told people leave a review, five-star review. We're going to do a snake draft. You get to choose three. I get to choose three. Six people. They will win T-shirts. If we choose your review, get in touch with us. Say, hey, that was me. I guess prove it somehow. I don't think people are going to be stealing other people's wins i think our i think our listenership fan base whatever you want to call it is a little better than that you never know a lot of bad eggs out there man nice how's your day been so far anything you need to tell us to set the mood like what's your state of mind are you relaxed are you happy are you tense i'm relaxed um the lady is in key west for the week so it's just me and the dog there you go that's nice. We're just, we're just guying it up. A lot of farting. Doodle's a, a guy. Meat, a lot of meats and cheese. Yeah. But I picked, I think of him very feminine. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Most people see, see my dog and they're like, oh, she's beautiful. And I'm like, yes, she is. And then I say under my breath, I fucking hate you. To Doodle? Oh, no, to the random person. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. I'm feeling good. I woke up, had to do some chores, some errands. Too hot out for me. But now I yeah. just showered, freezing cold shower, new clothes. So I'm feeling Ugh. refreshed, ready to go. Although I do have to turn the AC off while we record this because it's too loud. So by the end, I'll be sweaty and gross. Sweating. Sweating. All right. You get to go first in the snake draft for awards because oh. your name is Jake, which rhymes with snake. That used to be your nickname in high school, Jake the Snake Dick. So you're no. up. No, 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 no. Um, I was going to make an improper joke about jake the snake dick nickname and i'm not now so you know what i'm 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 gonna keep this friendly i i think no snake i think we just go every other because two person snakes brutal then you get to double down yes well let's go every other okay that changes my whole draft board i'm gonna go with i'm gonna start off clean because i know this is this can get ugly trying to pick favorite ones i'm gonna go with cory cory mcdo Oh, I don't. What's the name of the review? Hoop on Jake's face. That was on my. That was on my top list because yeah. three different people in their reviews wrote the wrote poop on Jake's face or poop on my face. So I guess that caught on. 
Yeah, that's that's a thing now. Um, and he says Jake doing his John Gruden impression, doing his Jake doing his John Gruden impression, which which already sends you through loop. But it, the whole thing's should I do the yeah, Gruden yeah, yeah, thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you have quick. to. So this Jake does John Gruden impressions for anyone that doesn't know. This guy left his review in the voice of Jake doing a John Gruden impression. Who the hell is this Jake Spaghetti guy? Let me tell you, this guy looks like Jakey Meatball to me, man. Take a look at this. He's got a podcast, Talking Yanks. It's got the intelligence of Tom Brady. It's got the athleticism of Aaron Rodgers. Let me tell you, this podcast thing is going to be all the rage in the league next year. This Jakey Meatball guy and his hero, John Boy, will take this Talking Yanks nonsense to the top, man. I'm all in on these two. Let me tell you, they got that gas and filth, man. Um, and that was the shirt he wanted, the gas and filth number one Severino shirt. So Corey so, Mackdews getting That's pretty good. He wrote you a script, basically, to let you yeah. put your talents on display. That was my first time reading it. It wasn't wasn't the cleanest, but whoa, it, helicopter right. coming through. You okay? Get to the chopper, dude. Whoa. Okay, so there's a tugboat stuck in the sandbar right now, and there was like people in the tugboat stuck, and like a rescue helicopter. It's right on the ocean, like a mile away from me. Just sure. swept over my house. Basically, if I was on my roof, I would have felt the breeze like running underneath the helicopter. That was fucking wild. Like that. Man, hope they save whoever they're trying to save. Me too, man. Okay, so my next, my first pick, ready? Went to, I wrote them down, but I didn't write them down in order. I'm going to find it. Nick Not Heavy. Nick Not Heavy. Which is, I usually picture all my Nicks very heavy. Oh, yeah. So you have to let me know. If your name's Nick, fat. So thanks for letting me not know. Uh, I just, <laughs> the name of his review was Not Jabba and Jake. Yeah, I was eyeing that one, too. Not, That's just a great title. Not Jabba and Jake. It's true. He says, I'm relatively new Yankees fan. Totally thought John Boy was Yankees legend Jabba Chamberlain for the first three weeks I listened. This is not a good look. I think it's a great look for, well, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it's not a good look for anyone. Uh, unlike two-time World Series champion Jobber Chamberlain, this podcast is really good and doesn't go soft when facing off against the competition. Inconsistencies curse most of Jabba's career, but not talking Yanks. Series recaps, weekly awards are the staples, and we get new episodes routinely. The guys have good banter and are fun to listen to and are pretty knowledgeable at baseball. These are, again, not traits shared with Jabba Chamberlain. I miss Jabba a little bit. Jabba and Jake's good. Yeah, man, he was you, like you mentioned. He was really cool when it first happened, and then uh... oh, he's my favorite. Jabba Chamber was my favorite debut. Just chant yeah. Jabba, Jabba, Jabba. It's one of the f most fun names to chant. It's a good chanting name. I remember when he came up, and Mike and the Mad Dog were like Jabba, 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 yeah, Jabba. Jabba's nickname is the same way my little sister has her nickname. Like his name was Joshua, and someone just like like a little dumb kid just called him Jabba. And they're like, yeah, sure. That's Jabba. your name now. My, um, my little sister's name is Elizabeth. I'm a little dumb kid. I called her Ritza, Ritzabitz. Now she goes by Ritzy. There you go. Uh, not Nick heavy. Nick, not heavy wants the rookie of the year judge shirt. So he's going to get that one. Rookie of the year. Judge shirt is our best shirt. It has, he broke the rookie of the year home run record last year. If you forgot, yeah. if you forgot. And uh, the back of the shirt has every pitcher he hit a home run off of the distance it went and the date it happened on. 
So Nick, not heavy. I wish I was Jabba. I think it's like a cool concert style shirt. I'm all right. Now I think I'm going to take the draft ugly. Cause I'm pretty sure you wanted this one. I'm going with AMR Hein 56. And the title is haunting. Yes. That was my number two. That was yeah. my next pick. Had, had to, had, if you were going to leave it after the first round, I had to take it. The oh, re- wait, this is haunting is is a great title because haunting's a good title. So you wonder not what we're going for, but I like you it. Want, and this this one's a roller coaster, which is what I like in these reviews, I guess. So love the show and look forward to it after every series. In parentheses, even when Sunny F and Gray is pitches, I must say that the theme song is phenomenal. It plays through my head all day long. Shout out Dan Zlotnick. I wake up screaming, John Boy and Jake. Friends are concerned that I'm constantly murmuring it th- throughout the day. Send help. And that was the review. So <laughs> they, AMR Hein 56 wants the Like a Good Glaber shirt. Like a good Glaber. Torres is there. You gotta fucking finish it, man. I thought we were a team on that. Oh. Rat and rat, man. Awesome. Rat and rat. We did finish it. And then I got, I got mad at you. Okay. Second, second pick for you. But, but he wakes up screaming, John Boy and Jake. Like the song, shout out! Oh no, it's a night terror, and it just switches out of the theme song. John Boy and Jake. Yeah, losing friends because of the podcast. That's what we're going for. Alienate yeah, your friends. That's just the listen. Goal. To, like I have zero friends. I hang that's out with goal. my family, my girlfriend, and I talk to Jake via the computer. My friends. Tough. Um. So thanks, Armheim fifty six, Amreem, and Amrain fifty six. Uh, let's see. What's my next? review um i liked i'm gonna i'm gonna take this one since you took one from me i'm gonna take one from you and it's from Derek bon giovanni talking yanks burn and he wrote out the same thing as the gruden thing he wrote out a burn for you so i like people that are interacting doing things we do on the show so do you know that you you're gonna have to perform again i like people that make you perform Where's what's the title of this one? I'm scrolling. Talking Yanks Burn by Derek Bon Giovanni left on Wednesday. After every series, Jake from his podcast burns through the games in that series or just goes over what happens in the games. I'll burn the podcast for any potential new listeners. Oh. So burn. So I have to burn this? Yeah, you gotta burn this. Oh man. All right. On your mark. Get set. Burn. Talking Yanks is a podcast where two Yankees fans who live on the West Coast talk about their favorite team. Hint, not the Warriors or the Cowboys. Jake, hot take here story is only kept around for his freezing cold hot take (laughs) and his surprisingly bad John Gruden impression. John Poop on my face, boy, is the other host of the podcast who, along with his dislike of Aaron Hicks, has a strange knack for getting mad at Yankees players who are about to turn things around. All in all, this is a great podcast to listen to if you are a Yankees fan who likes to hear the opinions of people who love the sport and team as much as you. You like you dislike Hicks more than me, so Am I okay at reading? That you're like you're kind of like the king of England. When you're doing something, you can read. But if you're just trying to read in your normal voice, terrible. Poop on your face. Weird. When you put poop on my face, boy, at the end, that sounds a little Yeah. Made it strong. A little, it's a little weird. All right. So Derek, you get a shirt. You didn't choose what shirt you wanted, so you're gonna get the um, you're gonna get the Bash Brothers, Giancarlo Stan, and Aaron Judge uh, asterisks. You can choose your own shirt, Jake. Or yeah, just get whatever shirt you want. So this last pick, right? Yeah. 
This is tough. Do you go with the genuine one or close silly? Um, what about the one titled Noodles Butthole? Yeah, I was I was looking at that. It, it'd be a little rude if I didn't use it, but at the same time, it is titled Noodles Butthole. You know what, man? I'm going full wild card. You're going true crime. No. That was, that was up there. I'm going little over my head. <laughs> okay. Because it's a roller coaster, dude. When we first both listened to this, Reddit. we were losing it. Reddit. It's, it's a wild Reddit. review. So the review, so Neon8919. Congrats. Titled Little Over My Head. So it's like, okay. So, but five stars. So it's like, okay. So maybe, maybe some of the jokes are a little too silly for them, but they still like it. This is their review. John Boy and Jake do a great job talking about the state of the Yankees. Nice. Thank you. As someone who grew up watching the games with my grandpa, I love John Boy's grandma. I read that okay. to her. I read that to her. She was happy. Nice. And her legs feeling better for all those concerned. They use some terminology that I have to Google, but all in all, I get great Yankees details. Like, really nice stuff. I really appreciate the burns that Jake does now that I'm living in D.C. and can't watch the games myself. Keep up the good work. Do you think there's people that miss games and just solely rely on your burns to, to let them know what happened? That's crazy. Like partially, yeah, man. That's cool. It's crazy, though. They said the Johnny Lasagna shirt is a stroke of genius, which is ironic in its own statement. That's, ended with go What do you mean Yankees. by that? What do you mean by the... What do you mean no, by no, 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 no. It's cool, it's cool, it's cool, it's cool, it's cool. So I think they want the Johnny Lasagna shirt. If they don't, I guess they could request another. But, why, wouldn't, uh, why wouldn't they? You a lot of prospect huggers. Um, so yeah, that was that was my last pick. I there were some nice ones. I feel bad leaving those out. I hope you end with a nice one. You're a sap. Oh, you want me to be sappy in the end? I don't know. You don't have to. Because I have I have some sappy, some sappy ones picked out. Mm. Talking Clint made me laugh. Like I hope Clint wins the world series and a walk off just to see John boy's reaction. But yeah. I don't know if I'm going to go with that. There's one really nice one. And the, the name of the review is just review. And that in itself made me laugh. What is this? That's a, a good joke. Uh, no, I'm not going to go sappy. I'm going to go funny. It's uh, the most recent one. Jake sucks. Just listened to the Mets episode. Didn't realize that Jake kissed a racist dog's butthole. Okay. That changes something. Oh, doodle here's doodle bark. Yeah, doodle, man, doodle. he's pissed. No, he's excited. Do it again. Do it again. I can't. We don't have a bark on command thing. <laughs> so D Mendy twelve fifty one. I mean, yeah. You, I mean, a lot of people didn't listen last year because we've our our listenership has grown as we've grown. So they don't remember that you kissed your dog's butthole, and they're shocked every time to hear it for the first time because you would. That's a shocking thing. Yeah, it's good to just keep bringing that up and bringing it up. Yeah. Yeah, I mate. Uh, so D Mendy, he didn't choose a shirt, but he's probably going to get our brand new shirt, uh, which says Jake Storielli kissed his dog's butthole. All right. Thanks for leaving reviews and stuff. All right, let's move, get into trade talk. Trade talk, your nightmare slash, but we're we're going to do it in a in a in a controlled environment instead of oh the Yankees should go get Trout. We're not doing that. Yeah, if I do trade talk, I need it to be structured, organized, and somewhat we will try to be rational because I don't enjoy trade talk uh, because a lot of it is just talking about things that will never happen. Now, here's the thing. 
I love listening to the idiots when they call up Mike Francesa and he just tells them how dumb they are. So if we right. could like actively have callers, I think I'd enjoy that. But presenting ideas and like giving my talk, I don't want to be giving hot takes. Like that's never the show I really want to do. We sneak some in there every now and then, but for the most part, we're not trying to just say shit to start up. And a lot you just of want to be, you just want to be able to laugh and insult people is what you're saying. Everyone does. That's like every okay. everyone likes that. Simon Simon Cowell made a business off of that. I don't like that. No, I don't want to laugh and insult people. I just I just want to. I'm not smarter. It's funny to listen. I'm not smarter than Brian Cashman. So when people ask me who you who are they going to trade for, I don't know. I have no idea. If you wanted me to guess, I'll guess. But then I know you're going to hold me to that and like tell me I'm a fucking idiot when it doesn't happen. Then I'm like, well, that I never had confidence in that to begin with. So the whole thing rattles my brain. But we're going to do it because people love trade talk and it's fun. I will. I think last year, like when we knew Sonny Gray was the target, like we don't have no one knows right now. There's so many targets. Yeah, and I mean this is this is the deadline. It's easier to say now because we knew Sonny Gray was a target, but that didn't guarantee that we were getting him. No, we were. We were still hopeful, and that that opened up the realm to any other rumor you wanted. But it was it's much kind, more. It's kind of a very unique thing in sports that two thirds of the way through a season, two thirds of the teams are looking to get rid of <laughs> some of their best players. Because basketball, there's a whole chemistry thing. You can't just add a guy and really throw him in the mix. Football doesn't do a ton of trades because that's not really how football works. So, yeah, it's kind of, it's it's unique, Jim. All right, so let's do a trade talk brought to you by Charles Conradi and Michael Ruiz. Those are our most recent patron subscribers. If you want to subscribe on Patreon and support the show, go to patreon.com slash Yanks. Let's do it. Here's how we're going to do it. First, we're going to talk about the Yankees chips. Really quickly, what we value, how we value them, what basically how we value them if if we're willing to part with them and for what and we're just going to set that precedent first so then people know when we talk about the potential targets where our minds at okay does that sound good to you yeah i'll i'll see how it comes out of you i've i've got i like tier formatting okay different tiers okay well here T- tier 1 these are the yankees what i think are the top chips we have so these are what other teams first asks these are other teams first asks right and the other thing that we're well i guess we'll mention in this section but like guys who aren't even on the table like like i think like glaber torres will not be traded at this point he's a yankee there's no person out there that the yankees would trade glaber torres i mean yeah just to like spell the crazies glaber's not getting moved in our brains Gary's not getting moved in our brains or in your brain? No, I mean, it would have to be like full, like Cashman would have, it. there'd have to be like, it would have to be like Bumgarner or crazy DeGrom and then the real Mudo flip. But no, I'm I'm not talking Gary because it's, it's really not in the realm right now. No, Gary's not happening. Um, is there anyone else that people... I mean, I guess here's, here's, here's what I'll say. If the Yankees are going to get a big piece, whether it, I, the one that I... I still think is realistic in my head is DeGrom. We'll get to that in a little bit. But if the Yankees are going to get a big arm, a big shutout arm, 
I think it's then I'm okay with these guys. Anduhar, Sheffield, Florial. Um, yeah, so I think I think those guys would one of those guys has to be in there. Yeah, okay. So Anduhar, I would only trade for a cost controlled ace arm, which on the market is like uh DeGrom and Snell. Yeah, and I I I mentioned this to you. I I don't think Snell's realistic, but yeah, if if it could happen. Yeah. Um Sheffield basically the same thing. He's he's a little less he's obviously he's not proven at all. He hasn't pitched a day in the big league. So he's not proven, but I still I wouldn't trade him unless it's for a cost-controlled arm. I wouldn't move Andujar Sheffield for rentals. I think that's so obvious to say, but I guess I, I'll, you'll say it. Yeah, and my my big thing, um, I almost, if I had to like rank those three guys value-wise right now, I almost have Sheffield above Andujar. Just because I, I've been saying this on the podcast recently that the Yankees have been through all the shit with Sheffield up to this point. He's, he's pitching well in AAA. He's a young lefty. CC loves him. The organization loves him. He just pitched in the Futures game. This guy, the, the, the manager of the Yankees is talking about how close this guy is to joining the team. I think right now he is more untouchable than Andujar. And you, we talked about this last episode, you wonder if Sheffield could be the new fifth arm down the stretch and then you just trade for an ace. Or do you have to give up your Sheffield to get the ace and then you have to trade for another fifth arm? Yeah, and it just seems when you're a GM, obviously you you have laser vision on this year, but you also have to have like a five-year plan going. And I think Justice Sheffield is a big piece of that five-year plan right now. Yeah, okay. More more than Andujar. All right, let's move down the the Yankees chips. Uh, Drury, where do you think his value lands at? It's rumored that he was – to head the Machado trade and the Orioles said no, which makes sense. It also makes sense that they would dangle that because it's like a true rental. Would you, what, where do you, do you think Drury's highly valued? Do you think he could headline anything? Do you think he's just a middle tier throw in? See, it's, it's really weird with him right now because his value is a little shot yet at the same time, he just gained another year of team control he cleared up his blurriness and vision thing that was supposedly, you know, hampering him for the past six years. He can play second base, third base, a little first, maybe some corner outfield. So there is some appeal to him. I guess he could headline a rental trade, but at the same time, I don't see Cashman paying that price. It just doesn't add up. Yeah, I have no idea where his value is. I think it's lower than we think. It's uh, if you're if you're another team. So we had this, and we'll segue it into Clint Frazier. You you had mentioned to me that you thought Clint Frazier's value was down a little bit just because he doesn't have a spot on this Yankees team. Which there's some merit to that. Yet at the same time, the comparison I used, and this is a little unfair, but if the Yankees had six starting pitchers and they were going to trade one, none of those arms lose value because everyone wants a starting pitcher. Well, that's. Dead. I mean, not every team, not every team needs an outfielder, but Clint Frazier, he's shown he can do things in the major. He was a big time prospect. He's got the bat speed. He he looks like a thirty homer a year guy if you gave him one hundred fifty games. So I think he can still somewhat headline a trade. Um, Drury Drury has to be a piece in a trade. 
because it's almost trades become risk versus reward. In Drury, there's a chance for pretty good reward. There's also a potential for that he's just kind of not much. Um, Clint still has pretty big potential tied to him. So I think he could headline a deal. Drury would have to be a piece um, or for a rental or maybe a reliever, but I don't see cash God paying that. I think Clint could headline a deal for a rental, like for Hap or for Hamels, but I don't think cash wants to do that. I think, um, I think, I think Clint is excess to the Yankees right now. They're like, if they could move him for something, they will, but teams know that it's not easy for the Yankees. It's teams know it's easy for Cashman to part with Clint Frazier. So they're not going to give a big return. That plays a part into it. That's their side of the table, but Cashman's on the other side of the table. And he's not saying, I'm not giving you a discount price for Clint Frazier. Hell, I'll trade him to your rival and he'll hit 30 home runs against you for the next five years. I think he's stuck in a point in a place where, Oh, Cashman's never stuck. I, I think he's stuck in a place where, like, no, we need more than Clint. And Cashman's like, no, you're not going to get me. And then it's just like, fine, like, okay, we don't see eye to eye here. I'm not going to let you get me. And then- yeah, and this this is something I mentioned to you about, and that's where I don't think J.A. Happ would happen. J.A. happen. Because um, Clint Frazier does have some really good potential. We've seen this guy look really good at the plate. And if you trade him to the Blue Jays for a half season of – J.A. Happ, and now you're facing Clint Frazier 19 games a year, I don't think Cashman puts himself in that position. But at the same time, the starting pitching market is so thin right now, I think the Blue Jays can stand back, back pat and say, give us Clint Frazier or we've got better offers from other teams. Yep. So I, that's going to that's gonna be interesting to see. Um, Sonny Gray, I don't – do you want to say something? I'm not going to say anything. Yeah, I know you're 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 pretty lost in this. Sonny Gray still has value to a lot of potential teams out there. Again, it could be a potential two starter in your rotation that you can get for the price of like a four starter right now. Which is um, why so it would be really the, dumb for Cashman to trade him. I know that right. His his value's down. They'd have to really be all out on Sonny Gray and think he's just a lost cause. And it would have to be not a rental. It would have to be part of a big trade like a DeGrom. Like if the Yank, if I'll, I'll just do my, can I do my DeGrom spiel? No, we're not there yet. Okay. All right. Then I won't do it. Um, any, so I think, so I guess what my final sunny statement is like Drury, neither of those two could headline a deal because it's not fully known what their value is, slash their value isn't what the Yankees paid when they got them. Let's move on to targets and we can get into it. Okay. We can start with DeGrom, which I think is 0% chance. Uh, If I'm wrong, I'll just say, hey, I was wrong. Um, It lines up business-wise that we have prospects that they would need. We would need him. As an owner of a business and you're competing with – like Burger King ain't trading their best recipe to McDonald's and then watch McDonald's succeed with it. It's just not how business works. I don't think the owners of the Mets are going to give their best player to the team next door, their like rival in the city, and then for the next two and a half years have to watch that. It makes I know you think like you you have to take those emotions out of it because it's business. I think that's impossible and kind of not wise to the, I think it, it'd be 
a fucking big slap in the face to the fan base and everything to make Mets fans watch DeGrom on the Yankees be successful for the next two and a half years. And it would hurt as an owner. I don't see it happening. Yeah, I just I think that's too short-sighted and too fan base. I think you could say that if it was the Red Sox or a team in the division, but this is the Mets. But that's how we think of the Mets. The Mets don't think of the Yankees the way we think of them. They think of the Yankees as we think of the Red Sox. Mets fans hate the Yankees. We don't give a shit. Yeah, they hate the Yankees, but not in a real baseball way. It would be the Mets and the Braves when they were at their peak rivalry. Like, it... That's that's the thing. Like, yeah, there'd be some tabloid stuff, but if you're the Mets and you're the owners and you're at, if your goal is to win championships and get this team going the right direction, and you can get a package that is, I'll I'll give a couple mock packages. Whether it's if Florial was the headline, and then it would be Sonny Gray and Drury as like bonus pieces, or potentially Andujar. I think in there. you have to do Andujar for Drew, for Degrom. If it happens. So and and that's the thing. I mean, we just saw the Mets, and how sad is their lineup? And they have these arms. They have Degrom. They have Matt. It's. I get. Here's the business side that comes back to me is, if you're the Mets, what are you trying to do? And yeah, it's your crosstown rival, but it's not your actual baseball rival. It's not like you're lining up to meet in the World Series and you're giving the other team ammo. The Mets are bad right now. They're horrible. So you need to get out of that, and I think if you're the Yankees, what are your biggest concerns? You want to get the best players you can, and as we just seen with as we just seen with Sonny Gray, the New York thing is a thing, and Degrom's already got that part down. So it just feels like a very push come to shove that if none of these rental prices work out, and the thing is with the rental, what's the best case scenario? The best case rental would be. Cole Hamels gets really hot and could potentially start a game four of a playoff series. That's your best case with a rental where if you bring in DeGrom now think about how people are looking at the Yankees with Severino and DeGrom. I just think if unless Cashman fully believes in these young guys and a justice Sheffield call up and maybe a rental and then he says, Hey, let's roll that out there. And that probably is the most likely but outside of that, I just think the DeGrom thing is Cashman would even pay a little more to really get the Mets to be like, fuck, we have to do this if we want to get our team going the right way. I uh, totally agree that it works out for the Yankees. And Cashman would trade probably a lot for DeGrom because he's worth it. just don't think the Mets would do it. They also have um, Sandy Alderson's not in the GM position anymore. He stepped down because he's got cancer. So that sucks for him. Hopefully that goes great and all that shit. But they have a three-man interim GM team right now. Yeah. If you're an owner, are you going to let the three-man interim GM team handle the most prized asset your club has had in, like, f- decades? I wouldn't. I'd say let's wait to the offseason. I will we'll go through a thorough process, hire people that know what they're doing and have a plan and then we'll see if we're going to extend DeGrom, keep him for the next two years, or trade him this offseason. But why would you let your three-person interim GM team make probably the most important decision as a franchise you've had in a while? Doesn't make and it. But, the, but the Mets are also run like a dumb, cheap circus, so <laughs> maybe they do do that and allow that, to, um, that mistake to be made. Yeah, and you wonder if Alderson does get a vote somewhere, but I... I just think the Oh, Yankees dude, I don't could, think so. I think I think it was he's, I think, he's really sick. Well, I think it's a blessing in disguise that he got sick and stepped down and now they can move on. 
I, I don't know about that, but I, that's where I just think the Yankees could really, the Yankees could put something out in front of them that could be, you could have Clint Frazier as a starting outfielder hitting 30 home runs. You could have Miguel Andujar, this power bat third baseman, do violent things for you. They could be, they could be the middle of the lineup, that team. What if, what if that was the Sonny Gray bonus piece, and then Sonny Gray <laughs> goes back to being Oakland Sonny Gray? Now they got a two-pitcher in the heart of their lineup for DeGrom. So Would you do I, Clint, Sheffield, and Andujar for DeGrom? No, like I my my thing is Sheffield Sheffield out. I think he's just part of the bigger vision. I think Anduhar was a borderline part of the future vision. So is Clint. Okay, so then um, would you do would you do Clint, Anduhar, um, Acevedo, and Abreu? Two pitchers, two minor league pitchers. So the Mets are hoping one of them pans out, and then and then two. Kind of, Andujar's proven, George's kind of proven position players for DeGrom. Probably, probably not Acevedo and Abreu. It's probably one of them. Um, but then at the same time, think about what you're getting hung up on on Jacob DeGrom. Your number seven pitching prospect, Acevedo, something like that. Um, you know, does Domingo Herman come back and play? We talked about his swing and miss stuff a ton. So I, I think if you're that close, you just got to go. But we'll, we don't even know if the Mets are open to that. So, and that, that's where me and Jimmy end up laughing and not loving trade rumors. Cause well, we, we, never did, really we, we did like half hour Machado, and I said from the start, I don't want to do this because this doesn't pass the does this make sense test, and it didn't. And now he's on the Dodgers, and we spent half hour talking about nothing. And we well, probably just what... we'd probably just start with DeGrom. Go down the list to Snell. We both think a 0% chance because you'd have to give up. Like, you'd have to give up. Sheffield, Andujar, Clint, fucking Acevedo, Abreu. I don't know. I mean, it would, it would, Sheffield would have to be in there. You'd have, yeah, it would, it would almost have to be everyone. If you're the Tampa Bay Rays, Blake Snell is if, the kind of guy that gives you a chance for five years. And then you have to, if you have enough young guys doing well and you have a chance, good. If not, then you have to move on. But he he's he's Tampa Bay's goal. <laughs> if uh, if there's anyone listening to this, and uh, like uh, thanks for everyone listening, that doesn't understand the full – because, Jake, so many people get in touch with me and they ask about players and they just they, – they're new and they don't understand the full value, everything that's valued. The reason why DeGrom and Snell, besides from being like proven really, really, really good pitchers, are uh, up higher, it's all about cost-controlled years, which is basically the biggest um, – currency in the MLB right now. So uh, when you're a rookie, I, 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 I'm not going to get this 100% correct, but when you're a rookie, you come up and your first four seasons, no, your first three seasons are a rookie contract, which means you make like 500 grand a year. Then you get two at arbitration, two years at arbitration where you go and you arbitrate what you should be made. So usually you're around like 4 million, 5 million there. Then you get two years after that of arbitration where if you're like, it depends on how well you play. But like, if you go up there, you're looking at maybe 10, 10 million, 11 million. So if you can get one of these guys that has cost control years, you're getting them on the cheap and on the cheap for multiple years. Whereas established guys, like people talk about mad bum. He's, has a pretty costly contract already, but you're getting it for the end of this year and just next year. So he's like a rental and a half 
but more costly because he's not on a rookie contract like Snell is. DeGrom's probably in some arbitration years, right? He's probably through his second round of arbitration. Yeah, I, I literally just left the screen because I, the example I was going to use for Yankee fans is Aaron Judge. Aaron Judge had a historical year last year. He got paid basically the minimum. You get a slight boost those first couple years. Arbitration, you can start getting paid decently. And then, yeah, that Ju- Aaron Judge won't be a free agent till 2023. Yeah. So we should have explained that at the beginning for anyone that isn't familiar with what actually runs these trades. Cost-controlled yeah. years is what the currency is. So um, Archer for the Rays. Now, can I put Stroman and Archer together? Because there's there are two guys. Yeah, I actually like that. There are two guys that have been dominant and showed who signs. Who you hate. <laughs> who I don't like. I like Stroman more than Archer. Oh, I'm not talking about skill. I always have to say. Right. And, and when I say, like, I don't like their antics, it's not that, like, heavy. It's like, I just, that is a grass in the wind comment. Like, it's not like, Oh, you fucking hate them. Like, nah, I just, they annoy me a little bit. They're both have proven to be very talented. Actually, Stroman, not as much as Archer. Cause he only Stroman had one good year. Yeah. I'm, I'm looking at Archer right now. So Tampa Bay has him on the books. Uh, next year at around 8 million team option for nine and then team option for 11 after that. So, if you think Chris Archer is going to be a pretty solid pitcher for the next three and a half years, he has good, pretty good value out there. And it's kind of less costly trade-wise because he's already making good money, so you're taking on good money, and he's having a down year right now. Yeah, he has, he has a 4-3 ERA right now. Um, I'm trying to see his recent stuff. I guess over his last one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven, oh, seven or so starts, he's gotten a little better. His ERA was five a month, a month or two ago. He got hurt a little bit, and his ERA is down to four three. And earlier this season, he was in the sixes. So he's he's been coming back to being Chris Archer lately. I'd 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 be I think Archer if Cash could do something would be interesting. And you have him for a couple years. Uh, I don't like his antics and his body language, but he's obviously, uh, when he's pitching right, he's very good. I like the idea that he's having a down year, and I kind of like that with Stroman, too, because that's what Cashman likes. Sonny Gray was kind of injured and and uh, not having his best year last year or just was injured. And you hope that these guys can rise back to the level. You buy a little low. I mean, Cashman likes doing that, and your business 101 professor likes doing that. Buy low, sell high, all that shit. So, I don't know. Archer makes sense. What would you give up for Archer, Stroman type thing? I think there you're looking at... I mean, Clint Frazier has has to lead that trade, right? Can you can you put an Andujar in there? I wouldn't. I, I, I The only the only pitchers I'm moving Andujar for are DeGrom and Snell, who I think aren't happening. Yeah. Yeah, I kind of agree with you, but at the same time, I think that starts becoming more so from the heart. Like if you could essentially do Andujar for Chris Archer right now, a couple side prospects, I think as a baseball guy, I think in your head you say that would be best for the Yankees, right? Maybe, but it's tough. I mean, Chris Archer can be a special pitcher. Maybe, maybe I have Archer a little in my head, a little further in my head than Stroman. His ERA is down to 4-3. I mean, baseball wanted to make – archer like one of the faces of baseball for a little while and then they kind of backed off that i don't know he i could see him getting into the stadium and getting some life of being like 
I'm out of Tampa. I was supposed to be like a big star in the game. People have kind of forgotten about me now. Let's roll it. I mean, he gets into some shit for who he is in Tampa, and that per- that media stuff like loves all their players. It'd be David Price and come to me with media who are against you and not handle it well. It's true, and that starts turning into clubhouse, cl- clubhouse culture and stuff. And you know, does do Didi and Guardy give him the big sit down and be like, "Hey, welcome to New York, kid." handle it or you don't all right uh mad bum we both think is completely off the table yeah that's that's like disgusting for everyone involved i don't think the giants are trading him uh no all right let's go to the orioles or let's stay with let's stay with the rays since we were on um archer and talk no we just do quick rental section well Hamill's Hap of Aldi, just bang them out. Okay, yeah. The rentals, because there's actually, like, a uh, chance rentals happen. Here, All let's right. do this. Rentals, we got Hamill's, Hap, Harvey, um, Avaldi, and I don't know about Tyson Ross or Kyle Gibson. I'm guessing those aren't rentals. These are, I asked people who they thought. Uh, Gibson may be. I, I don't think I don't think I'll I'll look up Gibson. I don't think Ross is. He's 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 still youngish. Isn't Gibson young? Didn't Gibson debut in like two thousand and twenty fourteen? He's he's a free agent in twenty twenty. Okay. So, so Yeah. Two two and a half years. So not a rental. Okay, so Hamels, Hap, Harvey, Avaldi. I I'd say I rank just, those four. You, you, you rank you, you Okay. You rank those four. You want me to rank them before you? You want me to rank them baseball skill or like what what I think we'd have to pay? No, I want like you. I of- want you to just simply rank them who you'd want on the team for the rest of the year. Um, if the same package got everyone. Okay, so if the same package gets everyone, who would I want? Um, my, mine uh, mine is different than what. My order is different than what my, I think the general. My brain, pu- my brain doesn't work like that. You go. Okay, if the, if all the packages were the same, I want Hamels one, Hap two, Avaldi three, Harvey four. I want no part of Harvey joining the New York Yankees at all. He's known to be a cancer in the clubhouse. Like actual reports from teammates and yeah. stuff, not just hearsay. Actual reports. Uh, he might be seems to be thriving in the low market in Cincinnati, and we haven't heard his name in a while. So just keep him there. If Cashman brings Harvey back to New York where all the beat writers hate him already, and he becomes like, the clubhouse is so strong right now, but if you bring Harvey in and anything bad happens, that is poop on Cashman's face. Hey, dude, this is a known problem you just invited back to New York City. So why even risk that when you're just going to be like a fifth starter rental? Don't risk that at all. And he's... um and man, take take that stuff aside, which the Yankees aren't going to do, and that's a huge factor. He hasn't been pitching well. He has a four five ERA since he joined Cincy. He has fifty one strikeouts in sixty eight innings. His ERA on the year is still five two one. It's not like he's gone to Cincinnati and like he he figured out the secret formula. He's a bad start away from having a five ERA. So it's it's just not worth it. Yeah. So I, I completely agree on that. Um, I guess the whole... Well, let's do Avaldi before we get into <laughs> Hamill's hat. So Avaldi would okay. be an innings eater. I think he... I, th- I think all of his... I think all of his... Um, um, what's the term? 
Service time? I don't know. No, no, no. Like his stats, all his not not the ERA, all his other stats. There's a term. Ad, advanced metrics. Yeah, I can't think of the term. It's I, peripherals. Peripherals. Yes, I think all his peripheral stats nice. actually show he's not doing that good. I think. I think. I'm not positive. I shouldn't even. It's a weird mix. There's. I think. I think his thing is like there's some really good, there's some bad. Like his WHIP is under one right now. But I think like there's other stat like his FIP 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 and WHIP um, is like four point two, right, so which is higher higher than someone with the stats that he currently has. I think I think Avaldi as a rental would would cost us Rule Five guys to Tampa. Like if you want Avaldi to be your fifth starter, I think, and um, maybe we should go over that. Rule five guys are uh, if you're in the minor leagues for five years, we kind of went over this with Johnny Lasagna. If you're in the minor leagues for five years and you haven't cracked a 40 man roster, then any other team can draft you out of that team, get you out of the situation, come save you. And like, Hey, we want you on our 40 man roster. Yankees have a lot of guys up for that. So the risk you pay is okay. Like Cody Carroll is a guy in the AAA bullpen that's doing really well right now. Dylan Tate is a pitcher in the system that they have high hopes for. Those, those just to lead the the rule five. There's a bunch of names that we don't know that could be valued high. Cashman, Cashman has to say, okay, this guy is eligible for rule five draft next year. So these are the three options. We just leave him there and and leave him off the forty man and risk a team taking him away from us and we get nothing in return, or we commit to making sure he's on the 40-man before next season starts, which means they have faith in him. They did that with Johnny Lasagna. They did that with um, Domingo Acevedo. And they did that with um, someone else this season where they did that. And then they lost a bunch of other guys. Or third option, we just trade him now and get something in return before risking losing him in the rule five draft. So last year we traded two, two rule five guys for Jaime Garcia, who was a true rental from the twins who was kind of having not even that good of a year, but he was like, Hey, he can eat some innings. I would see Evaldi being that kind of guy. And I think I wouldn't hate it because you're not expecting gold, but I'd rather just bring Sheffield up if that's the situation. Yeah, it, it would be interesting. I would see, um, I I actually, my counter to the rule five thing was like, the other teams know this as well. It's not like an organizational secret. Like the Yankees could potentially lose these guys for nothing at the end of the year. For Tampa, there might be some excess value there because it's it's building some serious depth. If they could get, you know, five five guys that are borderline scraping the Yankees and they can, you know, it's almost like you're getting five lottery tickets. Or, you know, would you do Brandon Drury for Evaldi straight up? No, no. No, I'd rather okay. just call up Sheffield. Yeah. I would only do like a handful of rule five guys and like Ambergy, like prospects that. Yeah. For Evaldi, no. For Hap or Hamels, okay. which we can pivot to right now, I would, I wouldn't do Clint, but if you wanted to do like, I don't know, like Wade and Tyler Austin. Yeah, we haven't we haven't mentioned the Tylers yet, who who definitely could be pieces. Chance Adams is uh, might be a piece too, but he lost so much. Tyler Austin and Chance Adams at one point you thought had value. Some Yankee fans may still think they do. I don't think they pull much. But they could they could yeah. they could end a package. Yeah, and well so this is where things get interesting because Hap is on the Jays. 
He's a guy teams want. He's shown he can pitch in the AL East a little bit. He's got decent number against the Sox. Um, there's a lefty at the stadium. There, there's a chance that there's some value add there with Hap. But again, you can't, I don't think you can risk a Clint Frazier hitting 30 home runs against you for the next five seasons for half a season of J.A. Hap. I think we both think that Hamels has the better potential, but he's been in a little bit of a funk right now. So nobody really knows what his value is. Um, I like Hamels over Hap. I think that's the minority opinion, but I think you and I are both on the same boat where Hap is Hap. And you yeah. trade for Hap, and he's going to be Hap and who he is. Hamels was once a stud who's a shell of himself now. Not a shell, but lesser of himself now. Yeah. Playoff experience, big game experience, big game environment, clubhouse, all that. East Coast, hard media market, whatever. He's test, trialed and test is what I'm trying to say. And his stats, because you have to actually look at stats, all his peripherals are like bad, I think. Uh, but his his games against good teams are good. And I don't know, I, that sways me a little. I, that may be a little irrational, but that is more gut than stats, but that sways me. Like This dude's pitched I, good against the teams we need him to pitch good against. I think the what I, I think I figured out the phrase that you and me are kind of saying is that Hamels, you probably have the lowest risk, a like price wise of what you have to pay, and you have the highest potential reward if he if he finds I mean he had he had a stretch earlier this year he was pitching really well he's pitched in the postseason um, he he has the highest chance to he could become a guy that gives you seven innings one run starts and. Hap is kind of what we've been asking for. Like, yo, if, if we can just get a guy that can give us six innings, three earned runs, we would love that right now. But um, Hamels is a little more risk-reward. He, he can give you some four-inning, five-run starts, and he could give you some seven, eight-inning, one-run starts. So I, I, I like the Hamels play just because I think if he gets back in a race and focusing and just in that kind of environment again, like he was on the good Phillies teams – I think he, he can – you're not paying a lot and you're getting a potential potentially valuable piece. What if we what if we said, here, take Dylan Tate back because he's going to be a Rule 5 guy next oh, year. No, nah, that's brutal. <laughs> and uh, get and choose one out of these four and then the Rangers, who we have a history of making some moves with, that move. No, who's – and I think – well, I, I'm, I think Baltimore is going to be our next stop. Trade talk wise, yeah. So I'll I'll segue into that a little bit. And know who's a name I thought about today that could be a, a really big piece in getting a trade done that nobody in Yankee Land's talking about. What about Jonathan Holder, man? Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, Canely Canely's in what Triple A supposed to be getting healthy, and I think you know he Holder could have huge value on a team. They could see him as a potential closer candidate. And he's young. He's got control. I think that would only happen if the Yankees did a Zach Britton and Gossman or something like that. So Britton hops in the pen. So the Yankees Yankees media isn't yelling, oh, we just weakened our bullpen. No, you get a bullpen arm back, the old veteran in Britton. And then I think Cashman tries to finagle in a way to make it Britton and Gossman or something like that. Where, where do you stand on the Orioles stuff, James? Uh, Orioles are not well run either, <coughs> right? 
Go- <laughs> I guess you could say that, yeah. Go- they were kind of well-run for a few years. Things just <laughs> – that Chris Davis contract and things just fell apart so quick. All right, so Britain would be cool if they're worried about Chapman. If they want another relief arm, Shreve gets the boot. Obviously, adding Britain to the bullpen makes your bullpen better. But we really have a good bullpen. That's not a need. Um, Gossman, cost-controlled arm. I don't – if I'm George Steinbrenner, I'm vetoing any Gossman trade because he absolutely fucking sucks versus the Yankees. So I've never seen him pitch a good game, maybe two versus the Yankees. Yeah. Like they tell me Gossman's stats are decent, but I've never seen it. So I would have to go like, hey, scout, is this true? He's in 2014 through 2016 – he was pretty solid. Um, the last, I mean, the last two years, he's been like a four or five ERA guy. Um, you know, but this, dude, we don't the, even have a fifth starter right now. Like, we're right. so desperate for a, a fifth starter just to finish the fucking season. That's crazy. Yet alone the ace. I th- That's where I. So the a, a mini light bulb clicked for me. And again, this is where it's it's trade rumors and it's speculation. I can't say anything confidently. But if they were to do an Orioles trade, because the the Britain stuff has been picking up today, that reminds me of last year's White Sox trade. Just because when that trade came out, it was like, oh, Todd Frazier, uh, home home run champ, going to the Yankees, like comma David Robertson too. And then Canley was in that trade, and he was actually the biggest piece because of his stuff, his team control, and all that. I could see the Yankees doing that same thing with Britain and Gossman, where. Gossman's the biggest piece for the Yankees right now, but the headlines would be Yankees get all-star closer Zach Britton. Um, so and I, I, I've gone somewhat radio journalism on you, but Gossman and Britton, what would you pay, Jim? Dude, I don't know. Not, Clint? Not that. Maybe. I think you're going to have to give up Clint. I think you're in Clint zone for sure. But, yeah, I guess Clint, his red hair would look great in a Orioles uniform. That's, you just, that's like, I don't, I can't do it. My brain doesn't, like, I don't know what I'd give up. I don't know what I'd give up for for Britain and Gossman. I don't have the intellect or knowledge behind it (laughs) to tell you what I'd give up. Yeah, I think, I think Britain's starting to figure it out. I think he's scoreless in his last um, like eight appearances or something. The other thing is, man, if you get Britain, A, you have a chance to bolster the bullpen even more, which would be nice. But, dude, it I'm not normally this guy. It almost is more important to keep him off of Houston or Boston at this point. That is true. I like, like I love like, that aspect of shit. Like, like, genuinely, man, like, if he picked up his all-star form in Houston, that brings them up a notch for this season. It really does. Okay, I I think that like that's done when talking about targets. The other guys we have in here is Kyle Gibson, Tyson Ross. I don't know enough about those guys. Do you want anything? Did you say anything? Um, I mean, it's Kyle Gibson's had two bad years sandwiched by a solid year this year and a good year, but the year before that, tough to say his price. Um, I, I I couldn't even see a Clint headlining that. Maybe a Drury. Um, Tyson Ross is kind of interesting. I, he's he's got decent arm talent. He's been around for a little bit now, but how much of it, how much of his stats have been boosted by um, San Diego? He had a couple really good years, and now he's 
He's a mid fours guy. He's he's another guy that you get him and I mean, almost the coin flip there is if he can do New York or not. Because that's it's a lot different than the places he's been pitching. He's pitched in San Diego, Texas, and Oakland. All all the time while those teams were terrible. Yeah. <laughs> so you're going to throw that guy as your – the Yankees need something safe and secure, and Tyson Ross is not that. Neither is Gibson. Yep. All right, let's move on to – I have some Instagram comments from our Instagram, which got a lot of action. Um, sure. So I'm going to read some of those, see what names we passed over, and we'll quickly go through this, not get into any long dives. Yeah. Uh, Carlos Martinez, yo, if the fans – if the nice fans in St. Louis – the nice Midwest folk get upset with a player. That guy's going to die in New York city. Do you see some <laughs> of the antics Carlos Martinez would do like the long yeah. pink hair and he would stand up in the dugout and mimic opposing teams, batting stances and stuff and swing with them. They say he's kind of matured a little bit. Cause well, dude, I mean, not, not hard to mature from that. Uh, so I don't, I don't, that's like all I know about him. I don't know his stuff, but I just, that seems like, Hey, let's bring this clown in to help this. No, not good. Yeah, good, good arm of talent. I mean, and a lot of years, ace, potential ace type stuff. Yeah, and he's got a contract, basically twelve million through twenty twenty one, and then uh, team options for seventeen and eighteen million in twenty two twenty three. Um, you could see it if if the Yankees see a little bit of a wild horse situation. I I think you'd still have to pay a good price. I think St. Louis is a team that. They're not going to full rebuild. St. Louis thinks they're going to win it all next year. And I think Carlos Martinez would be a part of that plan. I've heard everyone, and I don't know if anyone mentioned this on Instagram. I've actually been getting this a lot. Uh, the Mikolas guy, Miles Mikolas. Don't know who that is. So he's, <laughs> and this kind of ties into get something you know. And I don't know the full story behind him, but I think he went, he went overseas for like four years. He came back this year. He's an all-star. He's 10-3, and 2-8, ERA. But I don't know how much of that is the league doesn't know what he what he's got now, or how much of that is luck. He has 89 strikeouts in 124 innings. Miles Nicholas. Which... <laughs> yeah. Google Miles Google and, Google Google Miles Nicholas. Click yeah. images, and and look at the first two images, and you're that trying mustache. and you're trying to tell me this is a guy that's currently in the league and not a player from the 80s. <laughs> yeah, man. Um, so a lot of people have mentioned him. My big thing is like, A, the Yankees need something safe. And B, what the hell is that guy's value right now? His first year back after four years overseas, he's got a 2.82 ERA and he's an all-star, but he's not striking out a lot of guys. I have no fucking idea. I, that just doesn't seem like a Yankees move. You think like Miles would be like, oh, no, no, thank you. I just got back from Japan. <laughs> no, no this is awesome. It's <laughs> like, no. Please keep me here. I'm happy where I am, New York. That No, thank you. Just going to hang out here. Uh, but you know what? Man, at the same time, he must have been doing something when he was across the other pond. Because the Cardinals signed him to a two-year contract at $8 million a year, and you don't just give that to a guy who hasn't been picked in Major League Baseball. So he's clearly figured something out. So I, I don't know. I guess I wouldn't be sad, but, like, no idea what you pay for that. All right, if you're at home asking why we haven't talked about Tyler Skaggs or Haney, because the Angels GM said they're not trading them. And, yeah, Billy Epler, the Angels GM, is a Yankee Cashman's assistant. So well, ex-assistant, so maybe they have a connection, but I mean, it just like I think the Angels, as long as they have Trout, 
they can't rebuild because then they have to try and say why they kept Trout. The Angels, the Angels can't rebuild until they'd be ready to move on from Mike Trout, basically. Yes, I, I agree. That's what I. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. I'm going to scroll through Instagram see if we got any comments worth mentioning. Um, honestly, don't make a trade. This is from Toft Jeff. Honestly, 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 don't make a trade. Keep all of the kids and let them develop. They're not catching the Red Sox anyway, and the wild card would be hard to screw up. Take a shot with what's here, and in the postseason, be ready for a monster home run, monster run next year. Yeah, we weren't we weren't catching the Red Sox after the two weeks in April either, too, and then we did like four weeks later. So, dude, that's got five likes on Instagram. Yeah, well, know what the crazy thing? I mean, isn't that somewhat the most logical? I don't want to say not get anyone, but. If you could pay Rule 5 guys, Getty Evaldi, call Sheffield, now you've got a couple chances that either of them figure it out. Well, it might and, be that, and that might be disappointing for the, the team and the right. fans. Um, it might be. But, I mean, at least you got to do something. you got Rule 5 guys. Get rid of them. Turn them into something. Yeah. All right, let's listen to them. Carlos Martinez, Blake Snell, Cole Hamels, Jay Happ, Brad Hand. He already got traded, buddy. Realistically, Hap or Archer. I thought I saw some comments worth reading, but now I'm not finding any. So, so I'm going to end that. Sorry. All right, I will say this, Jake. Say it. We opened the second half pretty lackluster. Been playing pretty lackluster for like a month now, maybe around 500 over, which. Is part of a baseball season, season, and I think the Red Sox will find their way there eventually. Hopefully, otherwise, you just tip your caps and be like, "Jesus Christ!" They're on pace to win 113 games, like second best team ever. Yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah. But I think last year around this time was the the get rid of Clipper, get Todd Frazier, get D Rob, get Canley move. Yeah. And. We hadn't won a series last year until that trade happened. That happened when we were in Minnesota. They joined in Minnesota. We won a game. We went to Seattle. We finally took three of four, came home, swept the Rays, and then we were good the second half of August. September, the Yankees were crazy. What I'm trying to say is Cashman will make a move, but I almost think... Like part of my gut feeling, not not my mind, just my gut. An early trade, a surprise trade, could spark the team right now. They need Glaber coming up will help, but that's not all of it. Um, but like Sessa taking the mound on 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 Wednesday, that's not the mood you want to set, and it's we need to set that mood soon. Ken Cashman needs to to change the momentum, get some help, get a guy, be committed to helping this team move forward. I don't know what the move will be. Hopefully he surprises us with a crazy big move. Um, But even if it's just like, here's a a solid fifth starter that you can depend on. Just score him five runs and you'll win. Cashman needs needs to say, I'm helping this team soon. And and I'm not not knocking Cashman. I think he will do that. And just saying we need it soon with this rough start. We're going to find out who he really values, who's part of the three, five-year plan. And I think what you're saying right now in the season, when's, when's Glaber coming back? 
Tomorrow. This week? Tomorrow? Yeah. So I think you get Glaber in, and it's almost the first time you've been able to put together your Wednesday. Well, you never know when people are listening, so Wednesday. Right. When Glaber comes up, that's the first time the Yankees are going to have their full ideal lineup this season. And so that's with five days before the trade deadline. I think you get the full lineup in there. They're going to get a bone, some different arm. It, it might just be Justice Sheffield if the trade isn't out there. But I think they're going to look around the clubhouse and say, hey, we've got the full lineup now. We've got five starters we believe in that can get us a win. It's full gas pedal time. Go time. Like right now, we're the, the team is waiting for Cashman to say, here you go. And then right. they collectively say, in like a team meeting, all right, it's go time. Let's go fucking. It's do almost. It. It's like what what Christmas present is it going to be? Is it going to be young Justice Sheffield? We're all in on these young guys. Let's let's do it. Is it going to be a Hamill's half guy, or does he go nut job and get make the move for a Degrom or something like that? And I know I I won't give my Degrom spiel, but that's the thing that gets me. Like, imagine if the Yankees got Degrom. Just the the environment in that clubhouse. It would be like. Let's fucking catch Boston. If we don't catch Boston, it still doesn't fucking matter. Let, we'll win that wild card game. We'll win whatever series we have to because we have everything. It would be. I don't think it's going to happen because the Mets end. But if the fucking Cashman says, here's the ground, right I mean, up, then meet the Mets. We're dancing in the street. Dancing in the Dancing with Chase and Shreve? Well, this was good. Dancing in the street. All right, yeah. I don't know if this was good. I, cause, cause I think so. People love this shit. People like trade talk, but we didn't really say, like, I think we stayed on the rails, which is the only way I can do trade talk. Right. Uh, so, actually, let us know. Was this fun? Did you enjoy yeah. it? Or was this not, like, sometimes TV pundits, radio people, need to commit to a prediction or uh, this has to happen or, you know, and I'm, I'm just not going to do that uh, ever. I hope, I hope I never, never have to do that. But this was a nice, what, a nice way to would talk. You say, what would you say from this conversation was something that changed your mind a little bit? Like my, my thing was I didn't really picture Chris Archer and I could see that now. Yeah. Like Chris Archer makes a little bit of sense in my head. I don't think the price would be too high and he could potentially be very good in a guy that knows the AL East. I would say yeah, I'm the same way there. I I I would say I don't know this didn't make sense, but it's just just as foggy as it ever was. Is that Clint's value is very strange to me. Yeah. I have no idea. It is it is getting to a weird area. It's almost like <laughs> it's almost like Teams are saying, hey, Yankees, you show us what this guy's value is because you, you want to trade him and you're saying he's really good, but we haven't seen enough. So, like, what, what are we doing? Yeah, man. I mean, think about, like, dumb it down to fantasy baseball. Someone's like, ah, you want you want this out, my fourth outfielder? Okay, give me, like, these really two good guys. Like, no, dude, he's your fourth outfielder. If he's that yeah. good, he'd be your starting outfielder. So he's not worth these guys. He, it's like just, if I have a billion seashells and you really want a seashell and I'm like, it's a thousand dollars. You're like, dude, you have a billion of them. I'm only going to give you a dollar. I'm not going to pay that price. Yeah. Yeah. So 
That's the seashells. seashells. Talking seashells. Talking seashells. All right. Well, thank you very much for listening. Uh, we had some people on live with us. I don't know if they stayed the whole time, but that's cool. Um, thanks. All right. Well, I actually have to end the podcast. Thank you very much. Rate, review, subscribe. Uh, let us know if you think we're dumb, smart, if you uh, enjoyed Trade Talk or not in the fashion we did it. Share it with your friends and shit. I'm cussing now. Wow, share it with your friends and shit. Thank you very much for listening. Really appreciate it. Let's uh, let's get going. Let's get cash. We need to deliver the presents. And uh, go Yanks. Go Yanks. Tell them, Grandma. Go Yankees.